Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another healing conversation brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. My name is Loren Gailey, and today we're talking about UFOs, interdimensional beings, earth changes, and the incredible energy that's coming in. My guest today is at the forefront of the UFO experience at his ranch in Trout Lake, Washington. The activity that takes place at his ranch has made national news and he's here with us today to share an important message about the current changes taking place. James Gilliland is the founder of the Self Mastery Earth Institute and ESETI Ranch. ESETI stands for Enlightened Contact with Extraterrestrial Intelligence. James, it's so good to have you here. Welcome. Thanks for having me on the show. Anyone listening today who's not familiar with James Gilliland and his work, you can simply go to YouTube and type in his name and you'll find hours and hours of videos and radio shows that will give you some mind-opening information. His website is eSETI.org. That's E-C-E-T-I dot org. You'll find great information there. He's even got a DVD called Contact Has Begun. You've been saying for a while now that it's going to get more intense with what's going on. Why is that? What is going on? You know, there's an awakening healing process going on or a vibrational lifting where, you know, the earth itself is ascending and moving to the next level. So you have that situation going on. And then on top of that, you have the, you know, the dark hearts or the Illuminati, whatever you want to call them, New World Order boys with their agenda. And they're trying to, you know, take the earth in the opposite direction. And there's, you know, there's no way they'll be successful. But they probably will do a lot of damage on the way out. Is that what we're seeing now with the oil volcano? Yeah, exactly. You know, one of the things people aren't understanding about this volcano, one, they're drilling down uh, the depth that they're drilling. They're 5,000 feet, you know, above the ocean. They're, they're going through 5,000 feet of water, and then they're hitting... You know, we don't know because BP has been lying about everything. But they were drilling down to 23,000 to 38,000 feet. Now, any geologist knows that the pressures down there are probably around 100,000 psi. Uh, Those are pressures that nobody can handle. You know, there's no way that, that we have the technology to deal with things of that nature. So anyway, they they knew straight up that this was uh, a blowout situation. You know, it it uh, you know they were just hoping to get lucky. Now what they did is they kept drilling and drilling and drilling, and they're in a volcanic area. There's a lot of volcanism in the area, a lot of magma and pockets, and uh, so you know basically they drilled through several layers of oil and just kept going. And and uh, my feeling is is that they hit an area of, of just extreme heat and pressure, and it's not just oil coming up, it's just all kinds of, of things coming up out of that out of that well. But, but anyway, it was uh, uh, some other evidence coming in now is that uh, Goldman Sachs and Halliburton, three weeks before the event, bought Boots and Coots, which is the, the biggest oil cleanup uh, group on the planet. And uh, they also bought the core uh, core exit. That that uh, the chemicals that they're using are so toxic. They're 11 times more toxic than the chemical. I mean, in the oil. So when you take all that into account, this is just a total, complete assault on humanity and nature. It's it's uh, you know this is not conspiracy. These are just laying out the facts of the situation. Is is that they what they did was was they were being warned. They said, don't go there. Uh, you can't handle that kind of pressure. They did it anyway, and they drilled through several layers of oil already, and it just doesn't make any sense. And the other interesting fact is that Halliburton just left the rig right after, you know, it, right to before it exploded. So, so anyway, uh, they invested heavily, you know, pulled their stocks out of BP and bought the oil cleanup things three weeks ahead. 
at a time and invested heavily in this not coming in, you can see that, you know, you can see just massive, massive profits being made, you know, with this disaster. And, and also the, they, they rely on disasters to maintain their control and regime. Wouldn't you say that this could very well be something that it's a catalyst that's going to hopefully wake so many more people up? You know, exactly. On the good side, um, this may sound bad, but, you know, it's an oily slap in the face for everybody along that coastline. And, you know, all of America is just is getting the huge wake-up call. And those who are complacent and, and, and remaining ignorant or or just choosing to be in denial now have just been slapped in the face with this. And and this isn't just the coastlines that, I mean, there is a tremendous gas bubble down there now, massive gas bubble that's being held down. And, uh, you know, if that thing happened to ignite or anything happens to that gas bubble, you're going to see, you know, tsunamis and just crazy stuff. When that, And a lot of these gases coming to the surface are extremely toxic, and then you add that to the core uh, exit and uh, all the other, you know, just the fumes coming from the oil itself, uh, which are now starting to rain down on crops, you know, throughout Texas and other countries and killing the crops, uh, you've got uh, an extreme mess on your hands far beyond anything that any of the politicians are talking about. I mean, it's, it's not... Uh, you know, we're not going to clean this up, and it's not going to be better than it was before, and uh, all this stuff is just double talk, you know, about this event. You know, the people need to rise up and get all of our best engineers and get the information from BP, what really happened, what they did drill through, and find out how to stop this thing because it's fracturing the crust there, and there's oil fissures coming up everywhere, and it's just, it's a mess beyond people's belief and and as long as we're we're waiting for BP and the politicians to do something it's it's going to escalate to something just just uh, beyond our imagination on a healing perspective you know global coherence they have a great website where you can go and mm -hmm. everyone in a group room it's called a care room and you can go and set positive love feeling intentions to that area of the planet what do you think we need to do? I think there's many levels to action, and, and that is really good because consciousness is cause. It's the first cause of all of this. And, uh, you know, we are having the higher dimensions pressing in with their consciousness, and the earth itself is ascending, and, and these uh, dark hearts are in the middle of all this, and there's nowhere to go, you know, other than, than to heal and uh, start you know, putting all their assets and energies into the waking and healing process, you know, bringing in the fuelless technologies and everything else. That's basically the only way there is to go with this. But some are, they actually believe they're separate and they're gods in their own program and they're gods over others rather than empowering others and serving others. And they have this warped concept of, of self as being uh, this disconnected, God, which is a, you know, megalomaniac program, you know, from all of life, and they can do whatever they want, and, and it's just, I've never seen anything like it. It's like a, a pathological narcissism, you know, that, that program they're running, and, you know, and they keep running this program, and I think some of them actually believe themselves that they're doing the right thing, and they, they've, they've lied so, for so long that they actually, some of them actually believe in the lie, and it's become part of their reality. But you know, they they, they need uh, a reality check as well. And you know, I had a, a, a master teacher I love is a woman, and she said that you know, spiritual people are of no earthly good. And I didn't understand what she meant by that at first, and then later I realized that you know, uh, we've got to to take responsibility. We, there is an accountability. You know, the Earth, this physical 3D level is just as important as any other level. It's one of the kingdoms of God. You know, we need to uh, cherish it and take care of it. And, you know, if we are grounded here in the physical, we can actually handle more spiritual energies. So, so we can't dismiss this as an illusion and say it doesn't count, because what we do here weighs very heavy on what happens in our next understanding, our next incarnation, or where we go. 
So it, it's very important to realize that, that, you know, the earth itself, whatever you want to call it, was set in motion to be in Eden. That was the original intent. And we've taken it off course and allowed very negative influences to steer us in the wrong direction. And now these, these higher intelligences, these higher beings are bringing it back on course. And we're just seeing the byproduct of that, that process. And you've talked about the prophecies that you've studied in the past. What do you think about the Hopi prophecy of the seas turning black? Is that an indicator? It is. When I first heard the prophecies about the sea turning black, I was thinking about what? Why would the sea turn black? You know, and I thought maybe because the sun, you know, was supposed to turn black as sackcloth and things like that in the Bible. And I said, well, maybe it was the absence of light that made the seas look black or whatever, I didn't tie in, you know, this oil disaster. But, you know, there's 40,000, I believe, rigs out there uh, drilling and bringing oil up, and and uh, it, it's insane because we've had fuelless energy technology, not just anti-gravity, but counter-gravity since Tesla, and, uh, and, we, and the Germans had it in the 30s. And, you know, we went over there and snagged all their scientists and, proper, and uh, Project Paperclip and brought them over here. And they were already working on anti-gravity, and they had it perfected, and they had their own ships. And they, believe it or not, they had the atomic bomb. But they realized that it was just too dangerous that they couldn't unleash that. But what did we do? We, you know, we built it here and, and unleashed it. So, so, I mean, even the Nazis, as... as uh, as uh, kind of whacked out as they were in their belief system, would not use the atomic bomb. So where does that, you know, put us in this in this situation? It, we, we really need a reality check on, on who's running things, who's making the decisions, and what kind of consciousness is, is the guiding force on this planet right now. Is now the time to ask for divine intervention with the healing of Earth on this? Well, you know, the way I see it and the way it was told to me by, by several different masters are saying the same thing through some other very clear uh, channels, you might say, is that they're saying that this is a process. And, and they said, why do you want to, to fix this? Because it, it is a process. And, and to me, I thought that was kind of strange because I love the earth. I love, you know, all of nature. And I spend a lot of time in nature. And I realized that, you know, the animals, the fish, everything is eternal. Humans are eternal, uh, eternal beings having an experience down here, and it'll all continue on and on. But there's going to be some major disruptions in that physical process, you know, as we get closer to 2012. But at the same time, uh, what I asked them, I said, are you going to clean this up? And, and I asked some of the highest beings and the ETs, are you going to clean this up? And they said, no. And I said, why? And they said, we didn't make the mess. And it's not our, our experience. And, uh, and so I started really thinking about that. And I said, well, I can't understand why you wouldn't step in and clean this up. And they said, you know, because, you know, basically why should we come down and clean this mess up when you, you know, deal with us through fear and aggression and uh, uh, you really don't want us here? <laughs> you know, you haven't made it very clear that you want want to be involved, want us to be involved, and he said until over 50% of the planet uh, ask for assistance and help in this matter, they said that we have other laws that we have to abide by, and we can't interfere in your evolutionary process. So, what they were saying is that this is a grand lesson. Uh, it's a lesson in who's in charge and and where they're taking us, and it needed to be a very hard lesson because that's the only thing that would give people the impetus to get out of their complacency and to stand up and, and do something. Because, you know, you look at it, okay, we had the international banksters come in and they did their derivative program and sold everybody down the river and kicked people out of their homes. Everybody lost their <laughs> houses. You know, all this nonsense went on, unbelievable. And then our government bails them out and gives them huge bonuses and rewards this behavior. And then we have the pharmaceutical companies and all these 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 programs, these uh, these swine, human, bird, flu things 
that were, could only be created in a petri dish. They couldn't happen naturally, and any biophysicist can tell you that. And then they spend billions of dollars, which goes into the hands of the exact same people again, to create Tamiflu and all these other things. And uh, uh, so, you, you know, you watch these billions of dollars being made by these people through fear, and they're creating the problem, and, and they're capitalizing on the solution, and, and making themselves look like the good guys, and they really aren't. You know, it's very obvious now, if you follow the money on this oil spill, and see who is capitalizing, making billions of dollars off of this, you'll see who orchestrated it, and who's behind it. And it's so obvious now that, that I think it, this is going to be the, the coffin nails that, that put an end to tyranny. You know, this, this is one of their last uh, hurrahs, you might say, or last, last uh, programs that, you know, they might try a couple more, but I think the people are waking up now and figuring it out. What is going on with the alignment? What does that mean on an energetic level and the changes that we can expect? Well, what's, what's happening, we have several big alignments coming up, and one of the alignments, I think it's coming in in August, is the same one that happened during the French Revolution. And, and there's major forces at play, and so with these alignments and with the sun involved, the sun's going to be reacting to this as well. And, uh, you know, we're also moving into galactic planes and moving through that. And so, you know, we're going to hit the middle of that program here real soon. But there's, you know, a lot of people believe that we're all going to hold hands and ascend, you know, in 2012 and no worries. But before 2012, there's a major cleanup uh, going to happen and, and major changes. And I think after 2012, around that time, there will be a split. And uh, I know Dolores Cannon, uh, a lot of other people are seeing this. We've been seeing this for a long time, and it's a frequency split or, or uh, an alternate reality, you might say, or one of the, you know, the many world theories talk about this, that there are whole worlds right alongside of us that are just in a, a little bit different frequency. Their time is a little different. They're, they're moving a little faster, and we can't see them because you know, unless we're trained and do our spiritual practices, we can't see these other dimensions. And what I see... And what's happening here quite often is people doing the spiritual practices that we're doing here, we're having people vanish in class and disappear and then reappear. And mm -hmm. we have photographs of this happening uh, on a regular basis. I'll be showing these at the conference coming up. But uh, And we're having a lot of people spontaneously bilocating and not having control over it as well, which is a whole other story. It's pretty funny. Uh, we have Khan, one of the masters here. He keeps ending up in China and Korea, and, and he lives in Japan, and then he has to figure out a way to get back, you know, because he hasn't, you know, mastered the ability to, to get back. He physically goes there. It's not just astral projection. It's physically going there. No, no, he physically goes there, and then, then you know, first time it happened to him, he didn't have his wallet or anything with him. He had no ID, no money or anything, and... and uh, you know, he had to figure out a way. He was sitting in his, he pretty much lives in a cave, basically. He spends a lot of his time in a cave and uh, doing his practices. And, and one time he disappeared and ended up up in the Japan, way up in, in the mountains, in the snow. And, uh, and all of a sudden he came out of his meditation and, and, you know, he couldn't breathe. And he was actually <laughs> underneath the snow and he had to dig himself out uh, of the snow. It was kind of funny. But uh, and then he went and saw a house with a light on it, knocked on the door, and and uh, you know he told the guy who he was, and he gave him a phone number of a man to call, and and he called this guy, and the guy verified who he was, and he told him the story, and they they sent him back, you know, they put him on a train and got him got him back home again. He was in his clothes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. he was in his clothes and everything. But uh, you know he walks around here at middle of the night, you know, it's like. 30 degrees or freezing, he just has a t-shirt on, you know, so he, he's cold doesn't really affect him at all. He's mastered that. I know on your website, you've got some very interesting photos that Khan took, and yeah. these are the ascended masters that came in. Yeah, exactly. The, the first one he took was Kuan Yin, 
and uh, she appeared to him as these light spheres and this beautiful energy, and then all of a sudden it coalesced into an image of her. And he took that with his cell phone, and there were two investigators here from Japan who were taking the class he was teaching, and they uh, took his phone and checked it all out and, and, and uh, downloaded it and verified, you know, that the event happened. And then so I asked him, I said, well, you know, Kazekiel, who comes to me all the time, it appears as this beautiful golden white light. And, and, God, I'd love if you could ask Ezekiel to appear and see if you can get him on your phone, you know. So he did. Next night, he went and Ezekiel appeared to him, and he got him a picture of him. But in the background, you see this crystalline city that looks like Jerusalem or something in the background. And this is in the middle of a blank field. There's nothing there, pitch dark, and this beautiful white gold being with wings coming off the, the light. Uh, you got a photograph of that, but in the background is this crystalline city, which is amazing. And then, so the next time you came, uh, we were working with some six-dimensional feline beings that they come from Sirius. And, and a lot of people know these beings as there's Nashringa uh, in ancient uh, uh, Vedic scriptures or in the Egyptian, they call them Sekhmet uh, and some of these other things. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, there were humanoid feline beings, they still exist to this day, and they're sixth and seventh dimensional beings, and they're in the Sirius system. So, so <clears throat> these beings were appearing to us, and I was introducing Khan to these beings, and he was just, his whole heart was expanding, he had tears, and he was saying, so much, so much love, he's, you know, so much, he goes, too much, too much, you know, and then he pulls his, this time he had a camera, and he took pictures of them appearing to him. And he said they were 10 to 12 feet tall, very, very tall beings. And, you know, much like the movie Avatar, but a little different, you know, than they are. But uh, they appeared, you know, they, they, they appeared to him. And then he, uh, uh, that was one of the events. He took a picture of them starting to appear and then, then two or three pictures of them after they appeared. And, and then, now this is Khan. He's, uh, he's, a, he's more Buddhist tradition or Taoist, you might say. He's not involved with Christianity, and what happened was Mary appeared to him, and he got the picture of this beautiful blue energy appearing to him, and then he took two pictures of the energy, and then Mary's face appeared to him. Mm. So, so that that was really cool, but it was kind of vague. You could definitely see her face, but it was it wasn't very outlined, and and so I said to him, I said, God, I wish. I, I just wish we had a clear picture of who she is, of what she really looked like. And so in the class, we were doing the uh, self-mastery classes here, and during the class, Mary came in, and Mary Magdalene, they come in together quite a bit, and people don't really know the true story about Mary Magdalene, but it's much, much uh, far beyond the Bible. She was actually a, uh Egyptian uh, priestess. She went through all the Egyptian mystery schools, was extremely trained, part of the royal family, but uh, the disciples were very, very jealous of her, and because, you know, Jesus spent so much time with the, uh, with the women, because, you know, I, and I know, I'm, I'm the same way, I love the feminine energy much more than, than any male rooster energy, that kind of, hmm. I find distasteful, you know, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the competition program and all the other patriarchal stuff, I just find that not anything I want to deal with. But uh, he spent most of his time with the women, and, and they're very jealous of that. And so they they uh, uh, kind of uh, wrote some pretty nasty things about her. But uh, she was extremely advanced, very powerful, very loving, and uh, incredible energy, you know. But mm-hmm. both of them were coming in together, and and I felt uh, uh, you know Mother Mary are, are coming in first, and. I, I told the group, I said, Mary's here, I, I want you to feel her energy so you can have this experience and know what she feels like. And so she came in, and Khan was sitting at the back of the class, and uh, he sees her starting to appear in the middle of the group, and he takes his camera out and shoots a picture, and he got a very clear picture of her face this time, appearing you know, right over the, the group. So. So we had, uh, everybody was feeling her experience. We already identified her presence as being there, and then the photograph just summed it up, you know, just nailed it. And so 
you know, I, I, believe it or not, we are getting so much flack from this and negative comments from everybody you can imagine. And, you know, and, and the question I asked them, I said, you know, rather than coming down on this, I mean, you should really look at what, what it's saying to you. You know, basically, uh, why are they appearing here and not in your living room? <laughs> if you've got these interdimensional beings, ascended masters, which really, would you say interdimensional? They're, yeah. they're from other dimensions, where yeah. we all came from that zero-point source, God, all that is. There's a reason why they're coming... The whole land here is, is a vortex. It's a, and the veils are very thin here. And we've been working here for 24 years intensely, uh, opening that and keeping that open and keeping the energies clean here. And so we created a space that is in harmony, you know, with their energy so they can come here. And that's why we're having the experience. We don't have any exclusive, exclusive program going here. We don't have any exclusivity on God or any Bible or anything else. You know, we're a space that's open for everyone. And, you know, we have lamas and yogis and Native Americans coming here. We have priests of all uh, faiths coming here uh, and having the experience. And, and we're, we're so outside the box and unlimited. You know, we're not a religion. We're not a, uh, uh, a belief system. And because of that, you know, because of our openness and our expanded consciousness, we're having these experiences, you might say. Now, you had mentioned that you work with Kazekiel. Tell us about Kazekiel and what's the message? Well, when I first experienced Kazekiel, I, I just had my near-death experience. I ended up in that golden plane of bliss and uh, returned from that. And then after that, this being appeared to me, and it was pure golden white light and energy. And then it took a form so I would understand it, and it took a form as... Uh, as basically a male figure with a long beard, long golden robes, uh, and it was just pure energy. Everything flowed into it, had long hair. And, uh, and I didn't know who it was, and it appeared to me, and, and I was standing in front of this being who was sitting on a, on a throne, like you might say, or a chair, and with, with white steps going up to it. And there was two little podiums on each side, and one side had a book. Uh, and the other side had a bow and arrow on it, and these were the two gifts that were given to me in that experience. In the book, you know, I looked at the book and there were no words in it. It was empty. And, and so I, I, I received a very clear message that I was to write his book, you know, to write this information for humanity, so I did. And uh, it's Reunion with Source and then Becoming God is the second edition to that. And then, then there's the Ultimate Soul Journey, which talks about all these experiences. And I wrote these books. But uh, it was, that was the first experience. And then, and then a feminine energy started to appear to me, you know, very just nurturing, loving, beyond pure goddess energy appeared to me. And then, and then, I, then I realized they merged into one. And that Ezekiel is actually Cassia, a feminine goddess-type energy, and Ezekiel of the past, who actually merged and soul merged and ascended into the uh, the highest levels. And so it's 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 like a, a both the male and the female in perfect balance coming in from the highest levels. And and then I asked some of the Andromedans, who are mythologically known as archangels. I asked them who Ezekiel was. And uh, and they told me they said Ezekiel is the god of eternal bliss, and so I go, well, sounds good to me. You know, <laughs> I could use a little bliss in my life. And then uh, and then I asked them, what's my relationship to Ezekiel? And they said, you you are a teacher, you know, for the god of eternal bliss. And and at the time, I I had so much uh, unworthiness within me, and I just I started laughing about it, you know. And they told me, you'll be teaching the teachers. And, and then when they told me that, I said, okay, yeah, right. You know, this is, this is uh, uh, what do I have to teach the teachers? There's, there's no way. And, then, and what I'm finding out now is that, you know, top physicists are coming here, uh, authors, teachers from all walks of life are coming here and, and, and having these huge awakenings, and, and their lives are changing. So, so that prophecy has been, you know, fulfilled, and, 
and, and still, you know, I, I like to consider myself as nobody because there's nobody to defend, nobody to argue with. Uh, you know, only the ego needs defense. So I just, you know, shift into pure service mode and let the energy flow through me, and, and I don't take blame or credit for the outcome. <laughs> you are doing a fantastic job. You are helping with these physicists that are coming. There's new technologies, and I think that's all. You've communicated with various ETs, intelligent beings. Is there anything that sticks out in your mind that's the most important of their message? I asked the Palladians, who, who actually are our ancient ancestors, and I asked them who, you know, what, why are you here? I said, Is, do you have one message for humanity? And they said, we're here to release the past. And, you know, I, and I said, well, you know, that's not enough. <laughs> you know, that's, I kind of understand that, but I'm not, an, it's not enough. And they said, your past is creating your tomorrow. And they said, all of your fears and wounds and traumas and wrong conclusions from past experiences are creating your tomorrows. And we're here to assist you in your awakening healing process to release the past. And, you know, it, it really makes sense because really, you know, we all have this, this little wounded child within us that's had several traumatic experiences and then we have past life experiences we haven't uh, cleaned up yet that are influencing this life and so until we get in there and clean up all those old wounds and traumas and grudges uh, that we're holding individually or collectively we're still going to have these wars and and actions against humanity and nature and, and so basically they're assisting us in releasing the past so we can move forward and, you know, create a more enlightened tomorrow, you know, and live in harmony with each other and the earth, basically, and that's, that's their main mission. If we don't, or if there's some that don't, I know many people, we're learning to drop the ego and move into the heart and let the heart guide us and release and surrender. When things irritate us, we look at it and we have to drop it and let it go and decide uh -huh. what causes that. So that's really what the cleanup is. What happens if there's people that aren't able to do that? Yeah, they, they, you know, what the sad thing about it is that every disease has a corresponding, you know, attitude or emotion that goes along with it, you know. So, so basically, the origin of disease actually begins on another level beyond the physical. And people go, well, what about genetics? You know, I inherited this disease. Well, your soul actually generated your body, and your body did have a program already, you know, set into motion that you picked up from your parents and, and you know, other generations before you, which is called cellular memory. But your soul and your subtle levels around your body are actually the ones that are really in charge, and you can clean that up, you know, the bands around your, your physical body. And Bruce Lipton has done some incredible work on this where he's shown and proven that there is, you know, the genome experiment, they were looking for at least 100,000 genes to be operating in the physical body, and they only found 30. So, so now they're saying 70% of the guiding intelligence or program that runs the body is actually non-physical. And, and so when we understand this, we realize that a lot of our problems are actually happening outside the physical and need to be dealt with there because dealing with it in the physical is just putting, you know, a Band-Aid over a volcano, basically, <laughs> you know. It's what do you do? It, it begins in the etheric, so it's keeping our thoughts positive and being in that place of peace and love and holding that no matter what we see. You know, and also embracing your anger and your sadness and, and, you know, all of this stuff. We need to embrace it, not stuff it down. We need to feel it, track it find out where it originated, you know, call on your own, higher self, whatever you want to call that. Uh, there's grand masters for every culture that are waiting. We can tap into that and ask for help with this and ask that they clear out your bands, you know, your energy fields around your body and assist you with this process. And you'd be surprised the more you work with this energy, at first, the more you engage the higher consciousness and energy, it's like it's going to bring everything up. It, it's going to bring up all your old wounds and traumas and past life fears and, and traumas, everything. It's going to bring that up, which is a good thing. But, you know, it'll bring it up and out, and you can heal very quickly and gracefully. We have processes that do that here. 
or you can do it the hard way and wait for it to become a physical experience and, and uh, you know, you end up in the hospital or whatever. <laughs> but, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the bottom line is that it's a process, and, you know, there's no saying you got to go through a little bit of hell to get to heaven. And, and the whole earth is going through that process. Now uh, she's ascending, moving to the next level. And the same thing, humanity, because we are made of the earth, are, are going through that same process. Our physical bodies are being uh, transformed. Our DNA is changing. Everything is going through that same process. And there's these higher beings that are assisting us in that process. And there are some some lower beings that definitely do not want to see this process happen. It means an end of their world. Because we are ascending into the fourth and fifth dimensions? Yeah, we are. We're moving out of this dimension into another world. And and my understanding is there'll be a split in frequency. And uh, those who want to continue with the actions against humanity and nature and the pure selfish greed program, you know, they'll continue with their program in another uh, another place, and and they will continue on their downward spiral until they 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 experience total, you know, economic and environmental and social collapse, and and that's their self-created hell, you know, that they've chosen to experience. And nobody's punishing them. Nobody's putting them there. It's their own actions that are creating that reality and the reactions to their actions. And you know they're they're creating the space for that to happen for that experience. And there's others that that are willing participants and supporting their action or gaining from it that are following them that will will move in that direction. And then there's those who choose the upward spiral. And you know this is the Hopi prophecy to talk about this that choose to live in harmony with each other and the planet and you know utilize the clean fuelless energy technologies and and use everything for good you know for healing and awakening and and for the greater good that group will ascend and and go to the next level and uh and so there will eventually be a split uh and and you know the dynamics of this split i know how it is possible according to physics i don't know exactly how or exactly when this is going to happen and they told me nobody does on this planet, nobody knows the exact time or when this is going to happen. So, you know, I just get an outline. I know the eventual outcome and uh, and kind of an outline, but we I don't have all the the details, you know, as to exactly when and how this is going to transpire. What do you do as we look at the world and as we try to hold a peace consciousness, Christ consciousness? You know, the way it was told to me is that within the heart of hearts of all humanity you know we all want we we all want to experience love and joy and bliss and abundance and we want to establish you know a reconnect with the source you know the creator whatever name you want to give it and that is in our heart heart of hearts we know what is fair and just and right and uh and we have to get back to that, get down in the heart and get out of the intellect, which which is the biggest liar on the planet. Intellectually, we can validate anything. You know, we can say, hey, I need to drill these massive wells because I have to feed my family and it's my job, you know, but you have a greater family, you know, which is the rest of humanity, and you have all the animals and all the fish and everything else. Those are all part of your family, too. And so, you know, you've got to look at the big picture and the next generation when, you know, you dismiss your actions. And, and this goes with all everything. When we, we look at what we're doing and how we're all willing participants in this process or this program, uh, we need to start making adjustments in, you know, who we serve, who we work for, uh, look at the reactions to our actions. You know, are we being a blessing to life? You know, are we uh, living in harmony with each other and the planet? Are we holding that frequency, that harmony? You know, what what are we doing? It's all about becoming the observer and and observing self and uh, uh, look at really the big picture on on you know where we're going uh, and how we're uh, contributing or not contributing to the awakening healing process. Yeah, you talked about responsibility. And I think that anyone that looks at what's going on in the world, they can clearly see 
things are not right and they can clearly see that there's people, a few people in charge that are controlling everything. So what can we do to do this, stand up and fight, um, take away the power by building local communities? It'd be lovely if we didn't even have to go to the bank or we had our local group banks, you know. It's going to be great for people to wake up and realize that we can build these communities. And I think it's happening naturally. I think, you know, when you get the goosebumps, you know that that is Uh truth. So now, you had a near-death experience. Tell us what you saw and what happened with that. Well, basically what happened is that I went through the tunnel, you know, that most people talk about. And as I was going through the tunnel, I, I saw many levels. And, and what's, what's really interesting is in the movie Contact Has Begun, which is on our site, uh, the, the producers there, Michael Knight and John Savage, uh, did a, a, a workup of that uh, using graphics and everything else, and it was very, very good. I mean, it blew me away when I saw it. It brought all those memories back. But they have the experience, actually, in, in the video on how that happened. But I went very fast, and I saw all these levels and different levels of light, you might say, uh, going through all these levels and and people. I mean, whole planes of of people and everything. And I didn't stop to talk, which is some old Tibetan training that I had that, that, you know, you just go for it. You go for that golden light. And I ended up in the plane of bliss, and it was the most loving, joyous experience you can imagine, safe, uh, secure there's no words to explain it. And the, the first thing I said was, uh, how can I stay, you know, when I was there? And there was a transmission, like thought-to-thought transmission. And, and when you're in this space, you're unique, yet you're one with this greater consciousness energy. So there, it's kind of a paradox, but it's not on, the, on that level. And so the transmission came to me and it said, it, you know, it said... Uh, I never told one of my children when to come or go. That's free will. And I go, wait a second, this isn't the God I was taught about here on earth. And uh, the next thing I said was, you know, how can I earn the right to stay? And the transmission came back to me and it said, "You, you cannot earn what is given freely and unconditionally. And I go, wait a second, you know, and that's not the program that I was taught. And then so again, I asked, you know, how can I, um, uh, serve, you know, what can I do? And, uh, you know, I was waiting to be given this big list of things to do, like, you know, go tell tell uh, Ellen that her husband is okay and he's with us and go heal Bobby Sue and, and go do that. I was going to wait for the big list, you know, of all the things I was going to have to do. And uh, no list, you know, nothing came. And I kept waiting and waiting. I was just totally blissed out. And then finally the voice came back to me and it said, what do you want to do? What brings you joy? And then I started thinking about it. I go, this is joy. Where I am is just pure bliss. It's pure joy. Following your joy connects you to the source. It's what it really is. And, uh, you know, this other program is not what's being, you know, what's being taught is really not the truth down here about the true nature of the source. And so, uh, you know, I I said, you know, I, I really want to go back to earth and teach people about the true nature of the source and get rid of this wrathful, fearful program that's going on and and this separation game. And the last words I heard were, as you wish, and I was back in the body. And and from then on was just crazy. I mean, just, you know, going back and forth and all these other planes and dimensions and experiencing them and, and kind of seeing who's who in the universe. And it was just an onward journey into interdimensional mind. It's no doubt in our world that UFOs are all around us, that we see it, and hopefully soon we'll get half of the world asking for help. But, you know, the War of the Worlds programmed us as a society to fear, and listening to you speak and your experience of that feeling of love and purity that comes from higher dimensions, that's why... The government doesn't want us to, you know, what would happen if there were disclosure? And, well, there'd be peace and love on Earth forever and ever. The war industry would be no more. The the oil industry would be not necessary because they can meet all of our, our energy and, and transportation needs for free. 
uh, they have transcended disease so the big pharma wouldn't be there and and that's exactly why there's such a movement to uh, create you know uh, them as either negative to fear them and you know all these fearful movies being created and everything that that's the impetus behind them so everyone turn off the TV and turn off the media I guess the only time we should watch the media about the volcano spill is when we see some people being shackled and taken away and and the tyranny falling. Yeah, exactly. I mean, who are those guys? They aren't even, you know, these guys are, are, are uh, Wackenbush and uh, mercenaries that they hired BP officials, and they're, they, they come in and they're arresting people with cameras and people for walking on the beach, and you're going, well, wait a second, we're not supposed to have an army within our borders here, a private army, and now you've got two or three of them operating, and with, with, you know, totally rolled up the Constitution and are lighting their cigars with it. You know, so maybe it's time we wake up and smell the coffee on this one. All right. Well, James Gilliland, thank you so much. Before we let you go, I'd like to hear, well, let's see, you've got a story when you were in the bathtub and you went yeah. on a spaceship. Well, I had a physical one-on-one -on -one experience before that where I actually was taken on board the ship and met these beings that were three-dimensional. I had my physical body with me. The, the second experience was a beam of gold light that came through the wall, and I asked for it. I, I asked for, I want proof. I want to know what my part in all this is and what this is about. And this beam of gold light came through the wall, hit me in the chest. The next thing you know, I was pulled out of my body and on a, a ship of just pure energy with a being by the name of Malia, who's with the Orion Council of Light. And uh, and she, uh, what she did was there's three gold balls of energy that came down that beam first and hit me in the chest, and then they pulled me out. And, you know, I had a short conversation with her, but she said, you can't stay, uh, the energy's too much for you. If you stay, you won't be able to function on the earth. And so I had to go back. Mm. But, you know, I told her, she said, all your memories have been returned to you. So I now have full memory of my past lives, even off-world experiences. And she also said we're initiators. You know, we're here to initiate and wake up those who incarnated from the stars to assist humanity in the earth. And so basically that was, you know, they're, they're the grand initiators that are here to, you know, wake people up. And there's a lot of people that are more from the stars. Their soul is from, from the earth. And you'll know them by their deep love for humanity and their and the earth, and also too by they they don't operate the same. Uh, they they can't even understand some of the decisions and things being done here on the earth. It's almost outside the reality, and they have a hard time being here on on the planet and and just dealing with the frequencies and the vibration, the lack of love and harmony here. So. There's a lot of people like that down here, and, and for those people, I would say just hang on. Uh, mm -hmm. The troops are coming, <laughs> you know, and, they're, and these higher dimensional beings are just around the corner, and, and we just need to hang in there a little bit longer. And one of my favorite topics, I want to ask you about the inner earth. In your slides, you have hundreds of ships, and they're different materials. Some are energetic. What did you mean by inner earth ships? Well, underneath the mountain here, we're actually at the base of Mount Adams, which is right across from Mount Hood. There's a, a very large crystalline city there, and the Native Americans know about it. It's in their lore, and uh, the same thing with Shasta. And so with, within these underground facilities there, there are the ancient Lemurians and Atlanteans that uh, got away you know, from the earth changes by going inward. And they still have their technology. There they met up with another group of extremely advanced ETs that were already living there that are almost non-physical, they're barely physical. And the other, uh, there's other things going on there, the mythological things we've known as you know, elves and fairies, and a lot of the creatures are still existing down there. They've preserved them throughout time. So, you know, they have their technologies and their ships, and they come out now and then and check on, on the Earth, and they have their different levels or dimensions as well, just as the Earth is a multidimensional experience here. So there's a lot going on, and some of the ships we're seeing are actually theirs, uh, and, you know, most of them are now coming in from the, the off-worlders, and we also have back-engineered these ships, which, 
is the technology which really needs to get out now and in this dependence on oil and creating these huge disasters which we're experiencing? You know, the technology is already out. We had Stan Meyer and the water car. Oh, yeah. And, and hopefully soon this technology will get out without the person being squashed before it gets out. So there's a yeah. whole group just waiting to make this better. And no, I think there's, there's one thing people need to realize is that your mind, uh, we need to start really thinking outside the box and realize that, you know, people have a hard time realizing that we can run a car, uh, you know, on water. But the next step is how about fuelless technologies, zero te technologies, and, let, and the next step after that is let's get rid of the tires. You know, you don't need them. You know, and you could be in Australia for breakfast and uh, in a moment and be jumping all over the place if, if, and that technology is on the planet right now. What is that technology? Like, a, well, with some of our meditation practices, we talked about bilocation. Couldn't that be a part? It's the same technology. It's a spiritual technology. They know how to do it through science now, and they can, just as, as, as some yogis and lamas can bilocate and turn their bodies into a higher frequency where you can see right through them, they can do that now with technology and then jump from, from here to there in just a moment. Have you asked your guides what the future will look like? Well, there's as many futures as there are people. Some people are choosing different realities and they're going to have that experience and some people are choosing, you know, the upward spiral and they're going to have that experience. Uh, what I've seen is an awesome experience in the future uh, and worth sticking around for because uh, the earth heals itself and moves very quickly uh, into the next phase and, and the star nations come and we all uh, join the rest of the universe in peace and live in harmony with each other and that's the world that I'm choosing to participate in. I'm right there with you. <laughs> great. Tell us about your conference coming up with a bunch of great speakers this summer. Yeah, we have the Science, Spirit, and World Transformation Conference, and, you know, we have Michal Ledwith, who was once an advisor to the Pope here, and, and uh, Brooks Agnew, which is a, a biophysicist, uh, Dolores Cannon, Mary Rodwell, who's awesome. She's been doing a lot of research in Australia, uh, and... Uh, Boy, it just the list goes on and on and on. But we've we've got just incredible speakers coming. And if people go to ECETI, it's e c e t i dot org, they can see the the lineup of speakers. And and uh, every year too, we have massive flyovers. We haven't had a year yet without the big ships coming in and powering up and flying over the group. So we got it on film last year, and I'm sure they'll come again this year, probably even more so. Great. Well, James Gilliland, thank you for being here, and thank you for dedicating your life. You are the teacher for the God of eternal bliss. Oh, thank you. And thank you, too, everyone, for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, please pass it on to your friends so we can get this important information out to the world. Thank you. Have a great day. I now leave you with music from the universe, literally created by the universe, Computer music composer Phil Windsor assigned mathematical equations to musical notes, and the result is what you're listening to.